Well, well, I bet you thought you had got rid of us. Did you dare to dream or did you sit and pine? Either way, the Big Footy Blues podcast has returned from an early season hiatus. In fairness, we did sit and have a yarn last week, but we suffered from a technical hitch so big it rivaled a Levi Casbolt ball drop. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not overstate it. It wasn't that bad. (laughs) I'm only here and joining me tonight. Poster of the year in 2015, leading the way in the Big Footy Blues goal-kicking competition. Is there anything pointless and irrelevant this guy can't do? I'd suggest not. Welcome, Ferris B. Oh, thank you. I'm here, so I'm keeping up my record. Introduced first tonight, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he's flying solo tonight, but he's not too sure what he is going to be doing for an allowance since the swear jar won't be in use. Please welcome one qu- <laughs> one quarter of the podcast glamour couple, HBF. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Well said. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, one quarter. I don't get it. <laughs> it's a relevancy thing. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. That's a good one. He's, Carry on. He spends a lot of his time half asleep and speaking baby gibberish, but I have no idea what he does when he's not on the podcast. Good evening, Chandog. <laughs> G'day, guys. Glad to be here again. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this thing. Um Look, guys, just before we start talking about actual football and things like that, um, I, I was going to do a Blues News segment, but there's not a, there's not a lot. I'm just going to make a couple of acknowledgements since we haven't been around for a few weeks. Um, Jacob Wiedering received a Rising Star nomination for his performance in our Round 3 loss to the Gold Coast Suns. So, you know, good on you, Jacob, and a couple of rounds too late for most. And four champions of the Carlton Football Club will be formally inducted into the club's Hall of Fame on Friday the 29th of April, they being Scott Camparelli, Mill Hannah, Ian Robertson, and the late Jack Rout. So, and uh, also a premiership star and one of our pioneers of the game is also set to be elevated to the legend status on the night. So that's all good stuff for the Blues. Uh, any of those names particularly stand out to you? Uh, yeah, a couple because I don't know them, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, that's probably you suggest- such a bad you're suggesting I know who Jack Rout is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's just move on and actually talk football, eh? Um, so we'll move on quickly to the weekend wake. This is the weekend wake. So... A quick recap of the previous game since our last podcast. It's been three weeks, folks, so sorry about that once again. Um, we've lost to Sydney by 60 points. We've lost to the Gold Coast Suns by 54. We didn't deliberately not do podcasts because we didn't like the results, um, but it, they're probably good ones to miss. Um, <laughs> last last weekend uh, was in our round four clash, Carlton... 7-7-49 went down to the Western Bulldogs, 13-7-85. Goals to Carlton, Sumner 2, singles to Buckley, Lamb, Phillips, Gibbs and Cripps. Named in the best for Carlton were Plowman, Doherty, Simpson, Wiedering, Kerridge and Wright. Um, 
Injuries for Carlton, we had a Daisy Thomas suffered a, a knee injury and right ankle, I think he'll be right, and uh, Mark Murphy sort of missed half the game with a, uh, a cut head, rather nasty, uh, copped, I think, a knee from, from Roughhead from the Bulldogs. So uh, Bulldogs also had their share of injury worries. It was just one of those games. 36-point um, loss, guys, you know, came back hard. Uh, a little bit of inaccuracy, or well, maybe not so much inaccuracy, it's just butchered opportunities with that last kick. Um, we sort of felt like we could have got a little bit closer, but we didn't. Um, How did you find the game, Chandler? Uh, I think you summed it up pretty well there. The um, accuracy for goal in the first half, and it's pretty been a bit common across the whole of um, those those last three games that we played. Our shooting for goal has been terrible. And uh, I know there's been a lot of discussion on the boards about Casbolt and what to do with him. Can we fix him? Is he worth persisting with? And all this sort of thing. And um, it's a, it's they're hard questions, but they're definitely worth us asking because um, I think even one of the players mentioned during an interview that when when your forward goes back and misses a soda, it's a bit demoralising. Um, but yeah, so having said all that, in short, like our shooting for goal has been absolutely horrendous, and delivery into the forward fifty hasn't been fantastic as well. It's it's kind of one of those things where is it a product of poor ball movement or is it the forwards not leading well enough to produce the options to kick to I'm not too sure but I know it's it's something that that we've got to really improve on yeah how did you guys see it HB? um look I um I, I got there a bit early not not by design I think I just got there early on on Saturday night and was actually quite heartened to see Casbolt. I think he probably may, may have had about half a dozen to 10 shots on goal, probably about an hour before the game started. And I actually posted that I thought his ball drop was looking good. And I, the where I was standing, um, I couldn't really tell if they were going through or not, but he was certainly kicking them well. And I thought, oh, here we go. Maybe he's really um, worked on his kicking through the week. And then the couple of shots on goal he had, he had during the night, he didn't even get close. So um, I'm not really sure what else we can do with Casbolt. I'm, I've sort of been in... It's got to mean it's all mental, isn't it, really? Look, you would think so, but, I mean, when when, when you take a mark, surely you just go back, go through your routine and, and just... if I mean, I, I would be thinking that he would just need to go back and say, okay, ball drop needs to go as low, like, I need to let it go as, you know, as far down as I can rather than dropping it from his hip. So, but look, we, we've, um, we, we've talked about Casbolt a lot. Um, I've sort of been in the camp where I don't think he should play this week, but he's been named, so let's see sort of how he goes on Sunday. Um, I was really happy with Plowman's game. He looks really cool and calm and composed down in defence. I think he and Wiedering could have quite a, a partnership down there for the next um, however many years. Uh, I liked Sumner's game. Probably didn't get as much of it, but I really liked that mark he took um, in the third quarter where he stood under it um, and I was really glad to see that these teammates sort of fly the flag after he'd been sort of bundled over so look definitely some positives to take out of the game but it's it's a slow burn and what are we four, four games into a 66 game rebuild that's what I've got to keep reminding myself but <laughs> You know, we'll get there with baby steps and let's see. I rock myself to sleep saying that. Yeah. Four games in, it's only four <laughs> yeah. games in. 66-game rebuild. <laughs> I think we're all doing that, aren't we? Just just mentioning Plowman there. Um, obviously, Jamison went out for Plowman to come in um, and Rose stayed in the side. So he was only sort of our big uh, sort of, I guess, you know, lumbering kind of... Uh, 
defender with Weedering being fairly mobile as well and, uh, and Plowman there. Um, it, it's, it's, it seems to be the way that the, a lot of AFL teams are going. Um, they seem to be cutting back. You know, instead of seeing seven, eight tools in a side, um, we, we're tending to see sort of five. And um, I'm just wondering with the with the sort of the way that our our rucks are looking, we've got two big ruckmen who aren't particularly express in there at the moment. You know, we had Roe, Jamison's gone out, but he may come back in. Um, it's it's sort of it, it's exciting to see the more mobile types, but just hoping that we can all we they can all get a game together and um, and and really see if we could do without those tools uh, in the side, because um, you know I think just, you, you think Plowman could be a I mean, he was on he was on stringer, but do you think he can play on the taller types? Looking um, at his game, not not yet. I don't think so. I think he's only one ninety one. I think um, so. He definitely needs a bulk up. But I was wrapped that he did such a good a good job on stringer. I kind of think that the 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 massive key position defender is almost going out a bit. You don't need those mm. huge one ninety five plus centimeter defenders mm. because they tend to not be so mobile. I mean, you always got little you know freaks here and there who are just absolutely brilliant on the ground while being that tall. But I think what we're looking at doing is perhaps having like a weedering and a plowman as your main key defenders, and then some just some medium sized defenders around them, like Burn. And to, Burn is probably a little bit taller than most people realize. I think he's a good six foot tall um, plus. So, you know, all these sort of people around them, because we want to have that running, rebounding um, defense. And that's the reason that we can play the slightly shorter defenders rather than having, uh, you know, two or three row sized players is because we're playing that team defense thing where you know guys will come across and, and chop out the the ball and all that sort of stuff mm. um, and then we load up on tools on the other end yeah so yeah, I, I think that might be the way I, to go. I definitely definitely agree on that and I think part of the uh, the switch is also a bit of a I was gonna say it's a bit of a changing of the guard as well I mean you've got weering coming in who we all thought at the beginning of the year you've got jammo fullback uh, row center half forward and weedering as his third tall but um, if Weedering can play on, I guess the the number one or number two tall Plowman can uh, can play on, you know, the next best. I guess uh, a Doherty mm. often actually takes the the third tall or even a, a resting ruckman. Surprisingly, um, yeah. and, and I, I think you're right that when I think the fullback centre half back has gone out of it. I think you're just looking these days for six guys in the back that can run um, yep. and 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 run and zone and have good skills rather than be a stopper and a brute. Um, so I think, really, mm. Jamo and uh, Rose days are, are fairly numbered. Yeah, you, you, I think you made a good call as far as the zoning. It's very much a team defence now, so you won't find the same player one-on-one with somebody um, too often, or they'll only follow them a certain way, and then somebody else will take over. So we seem to be doing a lot of switching. Um, so, you know, in, in that way, um, we could maybe get by with a more mobile, shorter defence, and, and some teams have done it for a long time. So, you know, uh, you, you just look at the, the Bulldogs with the likes of the, the sort of jobs that Dale Morris does, for example. Um, we, we potentially could get away with that with Plowman, but, you know, time will tell if it's not working, but um, then we change it. But at the moment, um, you know, he's, he's, he's one, day, one day into his Carlton, one game into his Carlton career and doing well. So, Yeah, as much as teams have gotten on top of us at times during games, we haven't actually leaked that much uh, by way of points. I saw in the, I don't know, did anyone else see that AFL um article that said this was the first time they think, um, having looked look back through the records, that the team on top of the ladder after four rounds has actually had more 
goals kicked or score kicked against them than the team on the bottom. So North, we've leaked less points than North. Mm. Yeah, they're on top and we haven't won a game. That's yeah. interesting. They're well-known leakers, though, aren't they? That that was that was uh, yeah, take that how you like. But um, I mean, uh, uh, but that 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 was their issue last year, and it seems to be the issue again. And um, they're high scoring, so you kind of need a bit, a little bit of moderation. Um, so. Uh, it, oh, you would say that. Well, it'll take. Yeah, it, it, it will take them a, a, a fair way in the season. Whether that'll hold up in the finals, I'm not sure. So you know, against against the likes of Hawthorne and whatnot. Um, anybody got any comment about the uh, the free kick count? Seventeen four at half time, twenty seven nine at three quarter time. Finished we, up 30, thirty to thirteen. Were they all justified? Did they miss any? I, we, uh, I was I was holding my tongue on this one because I was looking at the stats. And I wanted to say something, and I thought I don't want to sound like the windy. You don't want to, you don't want to be that person. Well, thylacine. Um, this is this is Ferris having a bit of a whinge in the background of the podcast, yeah. mate. Be sure to pull <laughs> well, him up with. On you, the board. You've, you've got to start off with the disclaimer and say it wouldn't have changed the result, but <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 but what are you cheating bastards that would have changed the result? Now, now I can go on about the umpires for ten minutes. Um, I thought there were some very questionable ones, and it was pretty poor umpiring, but. Um, right, look, for the most part, it, 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 unless there's three bad decisions in the last minute of a game that, and the and the game's won by less than six points, I'm not all that fussed just about the pull, pull back a little bit, Ferris, please. Just pull back a little, mate. That was a little bit too hard, too fast. <laughs> 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 and the less said about that one, the better. All right, I think uh, I think we'll leave it there. I was going to do a separate segment, segment, folks, but I, we don't really have a, a lot to do. We, uh, in future weeks, we'll be looking at something called the Big Boot, where we actually uh, decide on players that are going to go out of the side. But um, we've already touched on Levi Casbolt, and um, certainly he's in the gun. He's, he's had a Murphy come out this week, and Ben Beckham, Bolton's actually, you know, give him a little bit of backing as well, as you'd expect them to do. Um, it's, it's just a matter of, I, I guess, from for me, I, I can see two a couple of players in the, in the gun. Certainly, our two. Our two rucks are not working. People think tend to think that Phillips is in better form than Cruiser. Their stats probably show Cruiser's just in front, but I think Cruiser's coming from a higher base, so he looks out of form. Whereas Phillips is coming from no base, so he's in form. So, yeah. um, and and it seems with the uh, looking at what the bench bench looks like for the uh, for the round five games, Cruiser might be one that's going to get a rest, um, and with Phillips to be the number one ruckman. But, um, so. If that happens, then you'd think that Levi's got to stay in the side to be the second ruck. Yeah, Levi, Levi, and and Rowe to to chop out um, Phillips when he's having a rest or going under the bench or something. I imagine mm. um, it is good to see that Bolton is willing to um, make changes. Well, um, is he what? Yeah, I mean, is it, is it yeah. the first game Jamison's ever been dropped for? I can't remember the last time he was genuinely dropped, unless unless we've done it before under the guise of injury. But um, yeah, that's a big call. I, I, um, three games in, I was thinking about this this today, and and I think um, that the the Jamison move is one of those, um, one of a better term, line in the sand. Um, you know, I think back yep. to uh, was it 
was it St. I mean, it's not that he's horribly out of form or he's or he's you know really not putting in an effort and he's lazy. But if you think back to the St. Kilda, I think they dropped Montagna and Del Santo or something, and it kind of spurred them on. And I think Jamo is a, a little bit different. Obviously, he's a little bit older and and losing a bit of mobility. Um, but I think just being willing to make tough calls and willing, yep. you know, we've seen Plowman came in the second that he was physically ready to play, if not even sooner. Um, Sumner, Sumner the same. Um, I think we've had six players play their first game for Carlton and, and on top of Weedering and Kerno, who I didn't think we'd see Kerno this early. I didn't think he'd stay in there three weeks in a row. Uh, yeah. It just shows that they're willing. I think it's a full-on, a clean slate. If you're good enough, you get in. doesn't matter whether you're 18, 32. doesn't matter whether you've got 250 games or one. It, you've got a good chance of, of getting in. And I heard the whole spiel from Bolton, you know, don't put a ceiling, you know, on yourself. You can play round one. And I just thought it was BS, to be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or on behalf of maybe not being here, I thought it was complete and utter shit. Yeah. Um, but... Um, it seems real, so I'm I'm really impressed. It, it is really, um, if you're good enough, you, you're in. And, it, and and I think specifically if you if you if you're putting in the effort, yes. you're in. So and and if you're a senior player who isn't doing what the team requires or what the coach calls you to do, then you're outski. So I think I think you're right. It is a line in the sand thing, and it's Bolton putting his stamp on this team, saying this is the expectations we have, and we will not bend to senior players who do not meet that as expectation. I like well, it. Bolton really? was asked about this on one of the football shows during the week um, and asked specifically about Jamison's um, omission. And he, you know, but apart from the, the obligatory sort of um, praise up for the type of player he is and the experience he has, he said um, it's a four-quarter game. Yeah. And if a lot of, you know, the, the players that, that sort of can't, basically indicated the players that can't put in that effort for four quarters uh, aren't meeting our standards, so it, it, it's obviously somewhere along the line. Whether he thinks it's an um, <clears throat> it's it's a, a form thing, um, an ability thing, or a deliberate thing, where where he feels that Jamison's actually just eased off and not gone when he should have gone, or not tried when he should have tried, or whether he's just not up to it at the at the present time or ever again. I don't know. Um, so that's it's. They're good noises, and he's backing himself. So he's he's actually doing what he promised he was going to do. So what can you say differently? So just just one one final thought on that, and I don't I don't want to make this about Jamo, but just in general, I think you know for the last ten years we've had Carlton's had some really good teams that have had lot that at various times have had talent, but we look like we've lacked the application, concentration, always have you know um, goals scored against us in red time. And I think we lack the, the mental application. And for the coach to say 100% is the minimum um, and we will not accept any less, um, I'm just so glad to see that kind of high standards because I don't think we've had that. I think in the past, if you were a, a Jared Waite and you pulled three magical acts a game and then stuffed around for the rest or a Fev, it was excused. No more excuses. Um, guys, just want a, a little bit of a... Thing I want to talk about with clearances, um, and it was just, just firstly Patrick Cripps. Um, last couple of weeks he's been quite down in the first in the first half, and everybody's and it, down to the extent where you go, there's something wrong with him. He's he's injured. He's sort of not moving well and stuff like that. But in the second half, 
he's bounced back every time very strongly. You know, and um, he, he's leading tackler on our, on the ground. He obviously leads our clearances, and he started racking up stats again. You know, possessions again in the second half. Um, does anybody have a theory as to why that's happening? I mean, we've had some rule changes that have opened up the game a little bit more, and maybe Cripps is not yeah. express. Maybe that's he's 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 coming into his own as everybody else tires. That's what I've been wondering as well. I've been wondering, some people have suggested he might be still carrying that knee injury that's bothering him a little bit, and there could be some truth to that. And, and when you throw that into the mix with the game is starting off at a much higher frenetic pace and, and players are needing to sustain that longer before it eventually starts slowing down because of it, um, that Cripps really comes into his own. I, I really don't know, but it's, I, I, that argument makes sense. So it could be, could be one aspect. Just watching it at the ground, um, we just don't seem to be getting any clear ball from our ruckman, which means, you know, we either have to rove it off the opposition ruckman or we've got to try and, you know, get the ball back off the opposition midfielders, which, you know, we're not very good at because I think we're coming last in clearances uh, this year already. So, look... Tackling hasn't been high either. Yeah, that's right. So, I think think that's probably... Look, I I agree with the rest of you guys. I think it's it's all of that um, sort of combined. But the, the only one thing I probably would add, and I'm not sure if this is a like an optical illusion or something, but he seems to have more tape around that knee every week. So whether there is a whether there is an issue with his knee, um, I just hope that like if there is an issue there that they're not sort of running him into the ground and, you know, he's gonna require surgery down the track. So I hope, you know, if there is an issue that, you know, maybe he does have a rest for a week or two and, and if it needs uh needs attending to now, attend to it now and don't let him, you know, make it worse for the rest of the year. I think Judd would have been in his ear about that sort of stuff and he's, he's probably going to be fine. Okay. My my theory, guys, and I've got some stats to back this up, is that he's being overworked. Um, he, he's not getting support from his teammates. He got far more support last year. Um, and and this is evidenced by the fact, okay, look, we lost Carazzo last year. Now, Carazzo... Uh, average something like nearly six clearances a game last year. Cripps has actually improved. He's, he's, his clearances have gone from uh, 6.65 to 8.75, so more than two clearances a game. He's improved since last year, and he was best and fairest last year. This is where I'm looking, okay? Murphy has gone from 4.2 to 1.2. Gibbs has gone from 4.9 to 2.2. That's pretty. That's pretty damn. I don't know if they're playing a different role or why, or whether we just say put Crips in there and don't worry about anybody else. Whether we're clearing it out, I'm not sure. Cruz has gone from three clearances a game to two. Now, last year Wood was rucking for us, and he, he was he he was getting three and a half clearances a game. Phillips is averaging zero point seven five clearances a game. All right, he's not clearing the ball. Mm. So it's um, Wiley was three point three last year. He's he's had one game. He got one clearance. Okay, so I don't know if it's in our setup or whether the others are just leaving it all to Crips. I have no idea how they're doing. In, in fairness, we've added Wright and Carriage, and um, they're doing three and three point two five respectively. So they've they've taken up some of that slack. But we are we were six last year in clearances at thirty nine and a half. We're down to thirty. All right. So we're 18th this year. From 6th to 18th, only one team has had a bigger drop from last year, and that's Fremantle, who've gone from 1st down to 16th. Um, and we know what problems they're having. And we know, we know that this is a, 
what this game on the weekend means because both teams haven't won a game. So we know there's issues there. But there, but is it something to do with the game plan changes? We've got a new coach, new game plan. We know that uh, uh, Fremantle under Ross Lyon have actually tried to instigate an, a, 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 a tweaking of their game plan that goes further in finals and stuff like that. And they found out that it's a, a dismal failure. So... Well, I don't know. I'm just worried about that about the pressure we're putting on um, on Crips because it's not across the board. I guess there is a drop in clearances because of the new rules that have been brought in, but teams have not had that sort of disconnect from where they were last year. We've actually had six teams who've got more clearances than last year. So, um, and you know, and it's not it's not even as though we're taking on teams that are. Uh, the best clearance sides. Swans, you know, you think they are, but they're the, they're the seventh best this year, okay? Uh, Dogs are really 11th. Tigers are 13th. Suns are 14th. We're not taking on the top teams as far as clearances go. I, I wrote the other day um, on this topic that I thought it was game plan um, more than it. Certainly loss of personnel like Judd and Carazzo don't help, but um, I think, you know, we've actually been under Mick. We were really good on clearances and we just got smashed on uncontested, on unca- everywhere else, <laughs> uncontested ball, run around the ground, and then you you can see obviously the difference in game plan this year where we've got runners everywhere, overlapping, linking play, um, and I I I haven't seen enough to pinpoint it, but it just feels like we've sent more players to the outside, outside of the pack to get um, you know uh, spare man, um, and we just don't we're not focusing a bunch of players on the inside. Uh, it may not be a conscious decision. Let's just leave it to Crips. But I think the um, the result is is that's what's happening. And and I have to admit, it, in the last couple of years, I've said um, send Murphy and Gibbs to the outside. I think that's where they do their best work. Um, and maybe taking them out of the picture has just left Crips and and really bit players like Graham Kerridge, Wright. You know, I mean, they're not. A grade inside mids. They're they're sort of in. To be honest, they're sort of part time mids, bit players. Well, um, Wright and Carriage is still doing their their share. Yeah, but they, uh, they, Gray, they Graham probably isn't. Yeah, they, but they, they they should be the the fourth, fifth best sort of midfielders, or or even you know third, fourth best inside you know numbers in terms of clearances and things. Um, yeah. and I, I don't think they should. Be, and I don't think someone like Wright should be the second best inside mid. And he spent half of his time up forward. Yeah, uh, Ed Kerno has also upped his tally a little bit. So, so as as you'd expect, his whole game has been upped. So he's still he's doing his share as well. So it's just it's just interesting, and I and I just hope we're not going to. Um, he does look like he's labouring sometimes, and I just hope we're not overburdening him. And uh, and we need some support um, ASAP for him. In my opinion, in my opinion, so one of those things. List it, love it, or leave it. Yes, it's list it, love it, or leave it time again. You know the rules. If you are listing it, you want the player to be drafted, traded, or stolen by the Blues. Just get your fine self into my team. <laughs> love, <laughs> <laughs> love it, 
just get your axe-wielding hands off my man. He ain't going nowhere. <laughs> or, or leave it. I'm sorry. We had a good run. It's not you. Oh, sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. We had a good run. It's not me. It's you. Um, this, this, <laughs> this, this club ain't big enough for both of us. Um, HBF, what have you got for us? Some early drafts, prospects maybe? Uh, yeah, look, um, been keeping a bit of a keen ear to the ground. Um, Callum Toomey and Matt Edwards do a podcast. Uh, I'm not sure if it's weekly, but it's. I think it may be. Just on. You're listening to another podcast? I am listening to another podcast, yes. Um, and they... Well... What can I say? I'm a podcast slut, so... Um, <laughs> you know that's the title now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and look, they, they give a bit of a rundown on what's happening each week, and... Um, Picked up a few things that I wasn't aware of. Firstly, there's a, been a change to the format of the championships this year. Uh, so what happens is all the the, the Division Two teams play, uh, what is it, next month uh, for a few weeks. Um, and then from those Division Two teams, so we're talking, uh, what, New South Wales ACT, Queensland, um, Northern Territory and Tasmania. Um, they pick an allies team out of those four states, and then they actually play in Division One. So it's kind of not a bad way of doing it. You get the – because most of the most of the good players come from Division One, um, and then the best players from Division Two. So that's been a change to the championships. Um, a couple of players that uh, I'm sure everybody's heard of, um, but I thought I'd just give a bit of a brief rundown, not every week, but maybe every couple of weeks of some players to um, keep an eye on. Um, the first one is Will Brody. Um, he's from the Murray Bush Rangers, uh, 189 centimetres um, inside mid. Um, he's actually started the, uh, the year very well. He's an academy uh, player. Um, over the last few weeks, they've actually played um, some VFL against VFL teams, uh, Geelong and Werribee. Um, he has played really well. He's got over 20 touches in both of those games. Um, another inside mid, so I'm thinking another uh, Patrick Cripps, um, and he has a massive motor, so um, definitely keep an eye on, eye on him. One other thing about him is um, keeps his feet, so um, definitely one to, to keep an eye on. Having a look around the boards and just listening to other people, they think he might be a, in the top five, so given that we'll be at the pointy end of the draft at the end of the year, he could be one we look at. Another one is Josh Battle, uh, 194-centimetre key forward from the Danny Nong Stingrays. Um, been likened to a bit of a Jack Darling type. Um, got good hands, um, awesome competitor, um, and he's very good apparently when the ball is on the ground. Um, and he's already kicked uh, four goals in one of his games this year. So... There's a couple of plays to keep an eye on. As I said, most people who sort of um, keep an ear to the ground with the draft are probably already know about these two. Um, as I said, it won't be every week that I'll have a, have a talk about um, some kids coming through and I'll hopefully have a bit more once um, the championships start. At, at, at the, I mean, first of all, thanks, HBF, for that. At, at the risk of sort of urinating on your ear to the ground um uh <laughs> i think at the moment we are, we you know we're pretty confident we're going to finish the year with probably pick one pick two and then you know nineteen twenty, which gives us an idea of of what players we should start looking at um i dare say that um it i sort of don't have a lot of confidence at, at sort of 
locking that in because I just have a feeling that we're going to be doing some wheeling and dealing and and you know possibly that you know one and twenty will be packaged up for some GWS kids and picks or switched or Sos has got something up his sleeve so um, I kind of feel like there's a big unknown about um, where we're going to be in the pecking order come the end of the year uh, which which sort of leaves it up in the air a, a bit I guess. I, I do tend to agree. I, the, the word about this year's draft is that the absolute top-end talent may not quite be there like uh, like last year's. So there's probably, you know, if you compare like sort of Weedering, Shacky and Parrish to sort of the top-enders from this year, I'd say last year probably has them um, on just talent. But I think this year's goes a bit deeper. Um, so you're probably right, you know, it, unless unless we do end up with pick one, which I'd be very surprised if we trade that. Um, but, yeah, I can certainly see some more sort of wheeling and dealing because we've got so many holes in our list and, you know, obviously the quicker we can fill those with some quality players and sort of we all know who, you know, we all know the players that have been mentioned, you know, the quicker we get back up the ladder. So 100% agree with you, um, but... Look, we will definitely be in the draft and we'll be definitely at the, the pointy end, that's that's for sure. Yeah. Well, the, the conversation around the boards has been um, whether we should... Look, I mean, GWS have got three first-round picks already at the moment, um, uh, having picked up Geelong's and Collingwood's. Um, if the, the talk is if we get picked one or two, whether we actually trade that for uh, two other picks inside the top ten and sort of double down because the, it's all fairly even at that end area of yes. the draft. Um, and, but but the, uh, having said that, if it is that even and there if there are no standouts, you know, so why would a team want to trade anyway? They you know trade two two picks for for our one, but unless they got their mind on somebody specific, well, so. Uh, and all, all, I mean the 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 only the only reason that that um, uh, comes to my mind is is um, if you GWS if they've got a they've got two, at least two very pointy end academy kids, um, and the last thing you want to do is have someone bid on that and then have to use up um, high picks. Um, so that that is a that is a potential where we could get a couple of nice even shiny picks and they still come out um, with a benefit as well. Um, yeah, if they if, if if they pick up a, a, a some more, if they got if they got two on the top, you know, up, up the top, and they pick up a couple more yeah. early picks, and they might because McCarthy obviously is a trade possibility, and they might get something or, in the top twenty for him. Or they could just help us because they got such a hand from the. I, I can't believe the beast that is being built here with GWS. Like they're going to constantly keep turning over, getting getting each year getting first round draft picks because people keep poaching their really good players and paying way over for them, and so they're just going to keep rolling from draft year to draft year with. Oh look, I've got three first round draft picks this one. Oh, I've got two in this one, and uh, and the academy kids to keep picking from. It's unbelievable. Are they so much? No, you no. go first. No, you go first. <laughs> Ladies before gentlemen. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go then. Um, well, in that case, the only way to stop this cycle of a player walking out of GWS and getting one or two first-round draft picks in return is to use the PSD on them. Yeah, I can see that. But there, there will be a revolt at some point, I imagine. Yep. Everyone puts a trade embargo on GWS and we'll have to call in the UN and... <laughs> Try and get things sorted out, and I say because it's, it's going to be unreal. Be the first to be revolting. Mm. Well, you you definitely are. But, <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, wide open that one. <laughs> it was almost too easy. I take it back. That was that was lame. Yeah, it's almost like I didn't see that coming at all. No. <laughs> I don't know that GWS are getting great value for some of the players they're they're losing. Um, I mean, certainly uh, in our four for four for pick twenty eight deal, um, I think we got the better end of that deal, and um, um, you know the locks of the likes of O'Rourke who left for a, what pick nineteen or something for Hawthorne because two, it wasn't working two, out too two well. Two first rounders from Collingwood, and one of those is going to end up pretty shiny. Oh yeah, I mean that's the, yeah. Well, that was Collingwood, and they've just sold their future down the road by the look of it. <laughs> oh, um, what a shame! It's oh, so, <laughs> so disappointing. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it all balances out, and they probably won't get fair value for McCarthy after all those all said and done either. But um, um, yeah, swings and roundabouts, but uh, it's it's good. Soss has a bit of faith in the players that he's actually scouted and he's watched and he knows should be in that to- in that side. So you know he's obviously looking at uh, you know the likes of Tomlinson. We've had some rumours Tomlinson and Patton for out for a first rounder and Gibbs and things like that going around. It's it's been interesting. It was a Twitter Twitter rumour. Uh, yeah, hmm, I don't know. I really don't know. I certainly wouldn't be uh, giving up uh, a pick in the top two for, for those two players. No, I wouldn't either. No, no, no way. We want something else. Another top ten pick coming back at us, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, really, Patton and Tomlinson, you know, have they, they really haven't showed anything at AFL level. Um, you know, and Patton's had some serious injuries. Um, I don't think we should even consider trading either pick one or pick two and, and Gibbs or whatever else for those two. No, no, way. I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't go after them, but I'm saying at the right price and, and pick one is uh, certainly not the right price. No, no way. No. Ordinarily, it'd be pretty bad actually talking about uh, drafting and trading after round four in the season. Uh <laughs> This year is a free shot for us. It's all about building for the future. So it's not about performances uh, in 2016. So I think we're entitled. Um, I think we'll move it along to uh, pre-game pep talk. So Sunday, 2.15pm WA time, that is, at Domain Stadium, the two winless teams of the two th- of 2016 do battle as Carlton take on the Fremantle Dockers. Um, it being a Sunday game, we haven't actually made any changes to our side, but we have we have extended our bench, and I'm looking because I'm thinking, who were they? Oh, that's right. Michael Jamison, Liam Jones, and Simon White have been added to the 22 from last week. Uh, we ex- what changes are we expecting there? Oh, look, I'd like to see um, Jones maybe come in for Rowe. I'm not sure there's really a matchup for Rowe there um, in our back line. Uh, I think I almost think Weedering could just about handle Pavlich at the moment. Um, and I think we need to reward Jones's effort in the VFL. I think he's kicked eight goals in the last two weeks, I think, from memory. Um, so that'd be one change I'd I'd make straight off the bat. Rose not named on the bench though; they generally take the three from the bench. Well, that's a change I'd make anyway. <laughs> 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 Enough the bench. 
It's an interesting bench. Um, uh, Dylan Buckley, you'd think uh, on the on the, the confines, I guess, the, with the size of the ground over there, that we would need his run. Nick Graham, well, I was just I was just pointing out how we're short on midfielders and support from Crips. It just seems silly to actually drop one. Um, you know, Jamison or Jones. If, if Jones comes in, and you'd think that's the reason they brought him in because our front forward line's not functioning, you'd think he has to come in. Um, that only leaves one spot for Jamison, Cruiser, Tui, or White. Um, I don't see any need for White to come back uh, back in with the way Plowman's going at the moment. So, you know, probably, you know, if you're going to bring Jamison in, you'd bring him in for Rowe maybe, but it hasn't happened. So, yeah, I mean, we're looking at, uh, probably looking at Cruiser or Tui being one of the omissions. That's very interesting. Surely, you- we, need, surely we need run over there. Um Mm. Going in with such a sort of a, if we went in sort of tall, I th- I'd be a bit worried that we'd get out, you know, overrun on that big ground. So, look, maybe you know, Jamison and Cruiser, you know, and White, they're the three players we brought in. I don't know. It's it's hard this week, just with the size of the ground and what we need to do over there. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's it's hard to know sort of which way to which way to jump on this. I wouldn't actually be surprised if White did play because he does have the ability. He is the jack of all trades. You could put him up forward for a pinch. You can play him down back on someone, and um, he can also do a run with or play through the middle on a wing or something. And um, given how many like mid-sized players that Frio has, um, like their forward line isn't particularly tall at all. They've just got a lot of mid-sized forwards. It might turn out that we we just don't have. There'd be one of them who keeps getting free or loose, or doesn't have quite an appropriate matchup, and then it's like. Simon White, go put out that spot fire. And now we can't kick a score. Go up forward and try that, or, you know, something along those lines. If, if, if we play all of Jones, Jamison and White, the three provisional ins this week, if we play all of them, I will eat thylacine's leftovers from round one. <laughs> I just can't see it happening. Um, that's just too, It's too tall. They've got one ruckman. Um, you know, their forward line, Pavlich, obviously a key forward. Tabin is a giant who hasn't really proven that much yet, still young. I just can't see us needing four, five big key backmen knowing that Wiedering and Plowman are going to play down back. It's just not going to happen. So um, one of Jamison and White won't make it. I think Jones comes in. Um, one of Buckley and Graham doesn't make it. Wow. And... And and maybe and maybe we play one ruckman. Mm. For those who weren't aware of what the reference was of Ferris, then Thylacine said that round one he would eat a fecal sandwich if Weedering played. Um, so hit him up, ask him how it was if you weren't sure. Mm. Well, that'd be interesting. So I mean, it could be the first time in his career that Matthew Cruz has been dropped. And uh, I mean, I really hope we keep in Buckley and Graham. It's sort of um, I just think we need those mids and we need that run, even if they're not getting a lot of the ball at the moment. Given and Tui. And, well, yeah, Tui. But see, Tui doesn't go through the midfield. And the, the thing is, I mean, we're not, we haven't really used him uh, as a running midfielder type, hitting, hitting through the half forward line, like actually stationing him there to know whether he can do that for a full game. But if you, if you, if you look at the, you look at our back line, you look at our flankers, you know, the likes of Simpson, Byrne, um, Plowman, who can pl- who will play there if Rose in the side and Wiedering's in the side. Um, 
Gibbs, Doherty, Thomas, they could all go and play off across that halfback flank and in those pockets. Um, you kind of look at it and go, well, Tui's actually made some – he made some uh, – he's been a little bit off his game with the kicking game. He's been trying to go for the big boot and get those glory goals that he usually gets. Um, and, he, and, he, and he had a couple of up and unders. Um, we were just doing nothing. Uh, There's no penetration on the ball, and, no, and and it was probably not a really good decision in hindsight. Um, so I mean, he might be to see him on the bench like that suggests to me that they weren't happy with something. Mm. Mm, so you know what it could be is the grumpy old defenders podcast. First, first, first Jamison now Tui. Maybe they're saying a little too much on there. Maybe they are. Maybe maybe, yeah. maybe we've got a one Irishman policy. <laughs> now that Burns in the team, right. <laughs> that, that could be true. Could be. I'll, yeah. I'll cut it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's that's useful for something. And as I said, yeah. having, having said all that, um, uh, Sumner to kick five, um, Kerno to kick four, and um, Carlton by ten goals. So we should be fine. <laughs> well, look. The- if Sam Rowe will go forward and kick a goal. Rowe. It'll happen. Just looking at the Fremantle lineup, and Zach Clark's on the extended bench, but, you know, Griffin's in the side. They just go with the one themselves. It's not, we're not totally, you know, we're Sanderlands out. We probably, it's probably a good opportunity that. Do drop one of those rucks, isn't it? So, Sanderlands has always played well against us. I, I wouldn't. It'd be an interesting exercise to go back over games that he's played against us and see how many Brownlow votes he, gets, he has gotten against us. Because I reckon he would have plenty. So him, him, yeah, him not being there on Sunday afternoon is is sure going to help us. That's uh, that's for sure. So, um, obviously, the players to really watch out for for Fremantle are Nat Fife and Lockie Neal. Um, do we, we're not doing run with roles very often at the nah, moment. Uh, I think we've gone away from that, but do we, yeah. do we give them a little bit of extra attention then? I wouldn't have thought so. I think, you know, we seem to be like 17 other clubs going with this um, sort of team defence. And I think that's why we've seen an improvement in um, Ed Kernow this year. He's not purely a stopper anymore. He's winning his own footy and, you know, he's probably leading our best and fairest at the moment. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll we'll tag anyone and we'll just um, see how we go. All righty. Um, oh, we really got to uh, get Shandog's tip, did we? Yeah. What? Do we want to give a tip? You said Carlton by... Oh, yeah, 10 goals. 10 goals. And this 10 goal thing is going to be the death of me, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, was, that, was, that, was that Carlton right. kick 10 goals? Because so far this year, even that's quite optimistic. All right. Well, I reckon it'll be Carlton by nine goals and six points. Yeah. <laughs> nine, nine goals and six Levi's. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that'd be worth about one point. <laughs> it'd be five on the floor right. and one behind. <laughs> uh, Carlton by 19. Carlton by eight points. <laughs> eight points, yeah. Um, I think Fremantle will kick more goals than us and we'll win by nine points. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so that's it. We're done. We're out of here. <laughs>
I'm sick of talking to you people. We're gone. <laughs> and let's spare us, please. The, 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 spare us the uh, the podcast thread comments. Where's maybe the, the the podcast was boring without maybe? We know we're doing what we can. You know, she's, she hasn't come out of a dressing room. Makeup artist was away. Whatever it was, they they put bloody domestic water in there in the fridge. It was ridiculous. I forgot. Yeah, to you should the see her right The red M and M's were still in the bowl. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's red M and M's, man. But we will we uh, we will see her again uh, in a week or two. So until then, uh, good night, gentlemen. Good night. Good night. Good night. And we'll catch you next week, hopefully. After a big blues week. <laughs> Absolutely. Go blue. <laughs> we won't be back on this year. Uh, no, we'll be back next week. Rain, I'll shine. Win or lose, whatever. We'll be we'll be back to uh, talk positively. Up the blue baggers. See ya. Let me have my-